from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, where we practice our hello there's a thousand times in Kenobi Week, probably part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars book's podcasts or people who search the depths of their cereal boxes for color-changing spoons, where we celebrate our rich EU history, as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my legendary Jedi-robed, mostly, co-hosts, Freddie C. It's not a, it's not a Jedi robe, but it's a I robe. I to go with the smoking jacket. The smoking jacket. <laughs> Someone asked for robes, and I decided to bring out my uh, robe. But Freddie, huh? That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, <laughs> about Who else a week. is a name I haven't heard in a long time? <laughs> Emily Daybeck. Hello, hello, hello there. Uh, yeah, how's it's quite hot here on the surface of Tatooine where I live. <laughs> um, this robe was maybe a poor choice, but we're committed and we're here, and I'm so excited to talk about Kenobi. The Jedi robes will do that. I cranked my air down to <laughs> 70 degrees, turned the fan on high, so I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Uh, you know who else is doing okay? Mistake. Rick Grace. How are you, Rick? I am good. I don't have my glasses, therefore I have contacts, so if I make a lot of weird squinty faces, it's because I really can't see. It's not because <laughs> of like your... artificially weather your face like Obi-Wan did on Tatooine. That, right? that I was going to say, all the sand in your eyes from the uh, yeah, weathering sure. we'll of go, the Tatooine. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> and joining us from the Cosmic Force, a name that I can't really use the not a name I've heard in a long time thing because I heard her yesterday on the Cosmic Force, Emma Park. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, I didn't have a robe or a hood, so I had to go with the hair flip. And only for Legends Look Back will I put my hair down when it's not done for y'all. So there you go. That was awesome. (laughs) Nice. Well, we appreciate it. Glad to have you here. It is your first time reading, where is it? Right over there. Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. Is that right, Emma? That's correct. And I actually have a really funny story about this for you guys. You ready? Let's hear it. I woke up this morning, and I hadn't started the book. What? (laughs) Emma! I have some Um, insight on this, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, so, but, but, listen, when I make a promise, I keep the promise. I took all day today, and I read the whole book, so. No way. A one-day read? (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if there's one skill that college taught me, it was like, how to listen to an audiobook on three times speed and still be able to comprehend it. So three oh. times uh, three times speed, yeah. I bet yeah. two times and my husband makes me makes fun of me for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you like yeah, skip I know, words? I'm not, not really, no. Like it sometimes like during the action scenes it goes a little fast, but like okay. but I read along with the physical book while I'm listening to it. I, I wouldn't be able to do it like without the physical book. I think, like that. That's I think Emma's good. lying. Like, I listen here. to podcasts think, on two what? times, like Emma puts her hand what? over the book and then she reads it. Like it she just takes in the information right <laughs> she when she force touches reads it. it. <laughs> I force read. It only takes me like ten seconds to read a book. I've read every single book yes, like this in the We're universe. living in the Matrix right now. And that's all you do is just oh plug in. Charles yeah. in the chat says, Dr. Charles Hankel, number one uh, Kenobi fan at Utini, says that this is, if you've got to read a book in one day, this is a great choice. I vehemently disagree. 
Shots fired. All right, knockout dragout really? fight here on Legends Look Back. I think this is a book yeah. to be absorbed over weeks because it is a slow burn. It is a slow burn. I would agree with you, Jared. You put your be outside, on. like doing yard work in the summertime heat, and like really feel the sweat. Hmm. And mm. because this, I would I would tend mm. to agree with you a little bit more. Jared. I mean, well, this is like the first time I've read anything in a day. Like to be fair, <laughs> I've read stuff in like two days, but I would I would say that like. Probably a book with more action would be more suited to a speed run like this, but I mean, I wasn't disappointed in it. If that's if that's what you're asking, and by the way, I do want to clarify. Like, uh, I have been like super busy lately. It's that's I haven't like I didn't like forget about it. You know, it's yeah. just like you know sure, I like moved time. out of my place and stuff. Like, I've been looking rank. forward to this a lot. So <laughs> we had Jacob um, on the show for yeah. our last crossover for Shadows of oh, the Empire, right, yeah. and he didn't read the book. We have you on. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't read it at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I suffered through that thing. <laughs> yep. I cannot wait to hear you talk about it. So glad to have you here. This is a really spectacular book. It's a very special occasion. And I mean, we bought Jedi robes. Some of us, some of us, like Rick, went to Goodwill and then uh, cut things up at home in order mm-hmm. to build their own costumes really i didn't even wash them who knows what's gonna happen to me <gasps> he took that off a homeless oh man God. i've seen it i didn't <laughs> have time on the so edge i that. didn't Living have time I'm and his that. name was old ben as well <laughs> his name was old ben. he lived under a bridge my uh my that's where the cough robes. came from <laughs> yeah maybe my under robes are uh 24 target bathrobe so uh, nice. You got to do what you got to do. Oh, I spent all my budget on uh, the outer robes. So shout out to Hannah Lamanac, uh, Caleb mm-hmm. Lamanac's wife from the Cosmic Forest, for creating mine and Rick's uh, custom Jedi robes. Yes, mine's and, better. Uh, you know what's not a great time of the year to get Jedi robes? It's summer. Not. Yes, because then what are you going to do with them? I did some yard work the other day. Like w- before, I did the yard work, walked around the yard a little bit in the robes just to enjoy them. And uh, my wife laughed at me, but it did not last all that long. They're very. You mean oh, you don't use your uh, your Jedi robes to meditate in the lawn while you control the lawnmower with your mind? That's not a thing. That's not how you do it. No? Anyway, we are here tonight <laughs> to talk about <laughs> talk about Kenobi. Before we do, I want to give a special shout out to our new patron Matthew Mylinski, who has. Uh, uh, become an annual patron those annual memberships especially do help us out they go a long way in terms of helping us you know pay for things like celebration because if you guys haven't met Corey Hilton he doesn't do anything halfway and we have got a spectacular celebration planned I cannot wait I had another little celebration thing come in the mail today I'll show it off very soon I got a custom pin for my backpack it's legends so hang on you can see it at Celebration, if you're there, come find me, and I'll show you, but I won't trade for it, because it's, uh, <laughs> it's custom-made. All right, well, mm. uh, Rick, yes. tell us about Kenobi Week. We got anything else going on this week with Kenobi Week that um, we haven't yet shown off? We got a poster. What can we do? Let's see. I don't even know. Do you want me to get the graphic up? Yeah, yeah, pull it up. We've got at least one more thing we want to announce, and that is that on... Sunday, we had to push it due to technical difficulties. After us, we've already had Living Force, Cosmic Force. Tonight is round three. Yesterday, uh, earlier today, we had a video from Nathan uh, on the video team about uh, everything you'd need to read if you want the full story of Kenobi. Even gave a couple of Legends shout-outs there. Shouts out? Yeah. Shout-outs. Shouts out. Shouts out. 
Yeah. Shout out. Shipping it. And <laughs> Sunday, the Star Wars Archives is going to be doing the bin years. I've seen some of the notes. It's going to be wild. It's going to be mm. crazy. And I've got to say, Trevor sent me an audio clip of the introduction that he's prepared. And it is spectacular. It is definitely worth those five patron dollars to get that extra bonus show. Uh, Trevor is pulling out all mm. the stops. That's exciting. So, let's get into the book. Freddie, tell the good folks about Kenobi. Yeah, so uh, introduction to the book, right? Who is the author? Author is the uh, John Jackson Miller. You've got to put the the before the John Jackson Miller. He mm. is one of my favorite authors, uh, uh, we, we, I think we could call him friend of the show, huh, guys? Friend of the friend show, of the John show. Jackson and Miller. Friend of the show. Our first interview. Our first interview. Uh, known for books like A New Dawn, uh, Lost Tribe of the Sith, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and Knight Errant. And and I could say I, I'm pretty sure everyone on this on this uh, panel here is a fan of John Jackson Miller and his work. Uh, I'm I'm go gonna hijack because I can. He also writes some great Star Trek books that you should no, check no, out no, too. No, no, no. So, oh my god! Fred. Just wanted to say. All right, back to you, Freddie. Have uh, you if read you're one gonna... of his? Yeah, I've read his most recent Star Trek book. He's got another one coming out soon. He did suggest us to uh, dip our toe into that, and uh, Jared and I have not done that yet. But Rick, I did not have the gall to tell him <laughs> I will not read a Star Trek book. Good <laughs> That's Next fair, time I that's talk fair. to him, I'll be sure to say that uh, this race to the finish has a uh, consequence, and he'll maybe he'll help me uh, choose that. <laughs> I think he'll enjoy that for sure. That'd be fun. Yeah. So he's That'd written cool. four or five uh, full-length Legends books. Got a, his hand in canon too, with a new dawn and Canto Bite, and some short stories yeah. here and there. Um, yeah. This came out right at the end of the Legends era. Go ahead, Freddie. No, right. You're right. At right at the end of the Legends era. Uh, 2013, I believe that was a year before the end of Legends, if I'm not mistaken, right? 2014 was the cutoff point. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, so the hardcover was published in 2013. Uh, the cover was done by Chris McGrath, which it's a great cover, honestly. I, I really love the cover. Um, let's see, the paperback was released in 2014 with the banner, uh, which that was that one of the first official bannered Legends books? It's a controversy. In fact... It, I think it is the first because there's not a bannerless copy of the paperback. That's right. Yeah, because it was right at that cutoff point. Ah, I can't not even if you own a sharpie, there's paint. not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we did get it in a, a Essential Legends collection, so that was 2021 with some new mm -hmm. art uh, by Gregory Manches. So uh, which honestly, the art beautiful. Uh, the, you know what? The thing about the Legends collection is the, is the the art and the covers are, in my opinion, a lot better in some cases than, than oh, their yeah. original counterpart. But, uh, hmm. you know, we don't have to go into that. Let's, that let's look at them. <laughs> we, we, we do have some of the art. If you want to look at it real quick. Um, you want to do that now, Jared? Yeah, go for yeah, it. We can spit some uh, behind the scenes in the meantime while we show yeah, this. Yeah, so here's, here's the, uh, for our audio listeners, we pulled up the cover of you know, the original hardcover. Oh, this might be my favorite Star Wars yeah. cover. It's simple. It's clean. It's clear. It's got you and McGregor on it. <laughs> it's got you and McGregor with on it. That's the most... the most important part. Yeah. It really is. You can't mess it up when you've got that handsome man. Well, oh, no. And, and you look the... at that face of resolve. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no cutting that resolve, right? Oh, and oh sorry. My, look, my, my, oh. my bad. My bad. Look at, the, oh. look at the physique on that second one. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> face of resolve. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was great. Audio listeners, Rick is showing off a picture he took this morning wearing his <laughs> Jedi robes, in which case he's doing like the rock Jedi and roll robes. fingers. In- I want to see that again. Instead of like, Are you the sure? lightsaber. Yes. 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 We need a longer look. Oh my gosh. That's so great. Oh, wow. I yeah, I, I messaged I messaged Jared this morning and said, It's not not great. And also I know that I got I did the finger thing wrong. Uh, because <laughs> by this morning he means he sent me this at midnight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning. <laughs> You're so welcome. You are blessed. Yeah. And honestly, Rick, like I cannot believe that a majority of your outfit came from Goodwill. I literally I can't. It looks yeah, so good. Those are one dollar yes. boots. One dollar boots. Although in that picture it looks like I only have one leg. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah. Rick, I've been trying to wrangle together a Star Wars costume out of Goodwill finds for like no joke, probably five years now. I'm nice. amazed. <laughs> nice. There's another angle and then uh, I got one more for you. They look that's, great. That's in yeah. Coruscant, right? Thank you to, yeah. Congratulations, Hannah. Hannah Laminac, everybody. That's uh, right. Get mm. some of her custom Jedi robes. They will not disappoint. The fabric, she finds just the most perfect fabrics, too. Indeed. Back to the real, the She's real guy, the real guy. <laughs> okay, so we've got the original cover. Uh, do we have the ELC cover? Here it is uh, yeah. by mm. Gregory Manchester. We've shown it off quite a bit. It's kind of got this like painted watercolor thing going on with it. Hey, Jared, do you know what the original title of Kenobi was supposed to be? Oh, um, yeah. John Jackson Miller has on his website, Far Away Press, um, behind the scenes on all of his books. So if you're into that sort of thing. So I remember him talking about it was inspired by the movie Shane. Mm -hmm. So what is it? Obi? (laughs) Almost. Almost. Rick, you want to take a guess? Monkey Jabba. Almost. That's closer. (laughs) <laughs> it's Ben, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Just yeah, Ben? Yeah, originally, uh, it was preliminary titled as Ben, and that was uh, in response to what you were saying, Jared. It had the influence of that Shane title, right, where it was a single name. We got it. Mm. We got Kenobi, which honestly, probably a better title than Ben uh, for some of those uh. people who just don't really see Ben as a very Star Warsy name, you know? Um, All the same, I could see, like, the moment that, like, the title was revealed in the book. I remember exactly that moment when he's okay. like, Ben, huh? And it's like, it's this whole big thing. There's like that pause when you find the title in the book. The life that he lived in that very second when, when that was, mm. when he said, uh, what was it? Obi-Wan? He's like, oh, flash. I still the Clone think Wars. Kenobi is a better title than the show. The Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think oh, so. I completely agree. I, think so. I still call oh, yeah. it Kenobi sometimes by accident. Yeah. I, I think I'll always <laughs> yeah. call it Kenobi, and I think most people might default to saying just Kenobi. It's just sure. easier to say. But yeah, yeah I, I agree with you there, Jared, but eh, we got a hot bunch of hot takes tonight, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Mm, <sure>. Spicy. <laughs> as hot as and our Jedi hot robes. robes. One, yeah. one sure. more hot take, and that is this Brazilian cover. I think uh, oh, an alternate man. cover is pretty sick. Okay, that is hot. Ah, okay. So this is by the same artist. I think artist. that wins. I'm getting this a little moist. This is also by Chris McGrath. Oh, my gosh. Ew. <laughs> and how somehow this got relegated to Brazil. And it's sweaty. I feel like I need to get it. What do you all think? <laughs> Freddie, why? You need that. Down? Dude, I yeah. need that. Like, the some of the Brazilian covers are great. The, it, apparently, it's, it's John Jackson Miller's because the A New Dawn is really, really good, too. Uh, it's yeah. a Brazilian cover, so... Um, nice Latin spicy take. Yeah. I like it. Indeed. The title even looks 
really sleek on that one. Mm-hmm. The only there thing was... I think the other t- the other cover has on it is that the second sun is more prominent. That's I like fair. it when you can see the two suns because yeah. it really I, I love it. Yeah, that's fair. Freddie, keep us rolling through the behind the scenes here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, during the release of this book, uh, there was a. Uh, I remember when this came out too in the New York uh, Comic Con. Yeah, 2013. They had these keychains that were the crate call keychains. Was that is that right? The crate call keychains. Yeah. Did you and, get one of these from the uh, the book club we were both a part of? Way back yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, definitely. what? Yeah, I, I man, I wish I still noise? had it. It did. I don't. I don't remember yeah, what it, it sounds like, like, but it. Oh, yeah. It's like the sound he makes in A New Hope, right? Exactly. So the sound Can that I record that, that as my ringtone. You could Jared's version. No, go, all right, Jared. So this is the point of the debate. You guys know about the debate with the crate calls. I do know the no. debate. Oh, is it different in the to, special editions? So there's two. There's like different recordings of the crate call, right? There, there's one recording where they have two guys uh, screaming in a parking lot at different spots and they mix the audio together to make that I love that it's so bad that when I watch and secretly secretly it's Jared and Freddie are the two men Freddie legitimately should try to remake it they gave us an advanced copy of Kenobi and then they recorded us I I rewatched A New Hope a few weeks ago with my daughter she has to watch it and when your daughter asks to watch Star Wars you cancel your plans and you watch Star Wars absolutely and 100% I love how none of you hesitated there to affirm me you're my people. And it, when that came on, my wife was in the room and I was like, hey, yeah, we're going to do the Kenobi show and we're going to talk about this particular point that this has been remixed from the originals. It's had three or four different versions throughout the years. The original is the best in my opinion. And then in, it was so bad that my wife like, cried cackling when she heard it. <laughs> so, Rick, I believe we've got – audio of the yeah. different no. versions throughout the years we, so we're we, going to compare them we have video as well um i'm not sure that the rest of our crew is going to be able to hear it uh but the viewers on youtube will be able to hear it for sure yeah uh, let me just give a shout out to charles who says is it the video of the two men of screaming <laughs> no. <laughs> no we should make that one <laughs> charles says i scream in the parking lot after work all the time could have been me <laughs> could have <laughs> been me, been me. Uh, all right, so let's see it let's see it oh my god and sadly, we could not hear it on our end. So let us know in the comments which one is your favorite. And do you think it was Dr. Charles Henkel, a part of that uh, <laughs> that screaming sens- sensation that was happening there? Could have and been. we've got one more audio clip. Freddie, tell the good folks what we're about to listen to next. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got another interesting audio clip here. Uh, James Arnold Taylor, uh, three first names in one. <laughs> uh, he always says that during his his. Uh, oh, does he? I yeah, was like, during his panels as well. Yeah, he actually uh, he recorded. Let's see, what did he record here? There's a. It's one of the. I accidentally uh, clicked on the link. <laughs> and oh, it nice. opened it. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, have you ever used the internet before, man? <laughs> I have. I've been on it all day. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's just there's also a bunch of names over this. If you guys could click away so I could read it. Uh, record <laughs> on. <laughs> so the meditations. He recorded one of the meditations. You know, there's the meditations all throughout the book, right? Yeah. Um, like, oh yeah. Kenobi's all sad and alone, trying to talk to Qui Gon, and Qui Gon's like. I'm not going to talk back, man. You're just going to have to embarrassingly <laughs> talk to yourself yeah. for the next yeah. 10 years. Uh, James Arnold Taylor recorded one of those sections, those little chapters, yeah, as, like, as, a, as promotional material. They don't yeah. promote books like this anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. keychains? They celebrities? should, man. Yeah. So let's hear it, Rick. Wow, so cool. The James Arnold Taylor 
recorded one of these meditations. Think about it. One of the three Kenobis, or four if you count Stephen Stanton, who voiced him in Rebels. One of the Kenobis himself recorded a section of this book. Oh, it's so awesome. I love all the behind the scenes. I actually did not know about that clip until this week when I was doing research. So let's get into it. What do you all say? Yeah, let's do it. We are talking about Kenobi. Yes. By John Jackson Miller from 2013. There's sand people, sarlax, the Utini mascot, moisture evaporators. Utini. Kenobi rides an Eopi like a bantha, and <laughs> there's sand. So much sand, it gets everywhere. It's course. And, it's, and a baby Eopi. And it's in this book. Baby. You okay there, Emily? Surprise pregnancy. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you guys are just killing me. The surprise um, pregnancy. Yeah. That's what got you. I wonder why. No, no. It was <laughs> Moist. Like that was. I, I'm done. Rick, uh, what? Rick has developed his own inside joke like an eighth grader, so he's sticking with. <laughs> that he nobody else Freddy, understands. He and Freddie just go back and forth. <laughs> so here it is. Spoiler warning, everybody. This is your this is your moment. If you have not yet read Kenobi, you can like Emma read it all in a day, mm. or like a reasonable person, take your time and come back to the show. And we will be talking all about it. So this occurs immediately in the aftermath of episode three. You know, the one with, you are my brother, Anakin. That was good. Sets off. Hey, thank you. That was good. It sure beats my hello there from earlier. It sounded like an Arkansan farmer. You hit your stride. That was just a warm up. Obi-Wan sets off for his exile on Tatooine, where he keeps an eye on young Luke Skywalker from afar. Which, let me just say, sounds kind of like a rapper name. Young Luke Right. Anyway, <laughs> so he has to adjust to life on the jungle waste in the harsh desert sands of Tatooine. He embraces letting the sun weather his skin to age him prematurely, partly for penance and partly for disguise, but mostly because Ewan McGregor has a lot of catching up to do if he wants to look <coughs> half as old as Alec Guinness. Back on Tatooine, the home world of his good old Padawan, you know, turned... Uh, Buddy turned Sith Lord slash burnt carcass. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker, that's where he's going to be hanging out. What could possibly go wrong? Well, while mm. Owen and Brew are changing Luke's diapers across the Jundland waste, Obi-Wan needs supplies. Water, mostly, because it's tattooing. So he heads for the local general store, Walmart, of tattooing, called the Pika <laughs> Oasis. Mm-hmm. There he encounters more trouble than he expected, including sand people, Jawas, Somebody going to say it? Utini! There it is. Utini! Uh, Teenagers. Those teenagers. Uh, And a woman. Uh Uh-oh. Annalene Calwell, the store's owner and operator and mom. There's a chase sequence with Banthas and a Sarlacc. A sand people shootout. A new character emerges on the scene. A formidable Tusken Raider chief matriarch, a Yark, known congenially by the settlers as Plug-Eye. She discovers that there are mysterious forces at work surrounding Obi-Wan, Annalene, and her daughter, Callie Calwell. She brilliantly schemes to kidnap Callie in order to save the Sand People from extinction at the hands of Orin Galt's dastardly band of no-good settlers. You know, the ones who dress up as Tuscans in order to wreak havoc on their neighbors, in order to con them into subscribing to the settlers' call, a, tra- a crate dragon alarm system aided by a posse of mo- local militia. That was a long sentence. Oh my gosh. Really Who writes this terrible. stuff? He says he's not a nice guy, but he <laughs> pretends to be because he smiles. They call him the smiling one, <laughs> Orin Galt. All of this is ultimately so that Orin can pay off his gambling debts to Jabba the Hutt. Never heard of Obi- him. 
Obi-Wan catches wind of Oren's trouble, comes to the rescue of everybody, honestly, a time or three, all the while hiding the not-so-well-hidden fact that he's a Jedi. Long story short, shorter at least, Obi-Wan strikes a deal with a Yark, exposes Oren, saves Anlene and Callie, accidentally upsets a crate dragon with convenient timing. You know, the ones that make this sound... As you just heard, <laughs> all his heroics are bound to attract attention. So by the end of the story, he cemented his reputation as a crazy old hermit, vows to lie much lower in the future, and leaves the Obi-Wan moniker behind him. Thus, that's not a, la- a name I've heard in a long time. So let's go around the horn and rate it. Emma, we're going to start with you, our special guest. First read through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that your score is affected by your bristling pace uh, read through. So... But this time around, of course, Emma, tell us what the the new rating system is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we uh, recently changed our rating system. I think this is the first Legends Look Back roundtable since then, I believe. Um, And we're not doing numbered scores anymore. Uh, We're going by um, like a one-word descriptor. Uh, So going from uh, lowest to highest – uh, we've got mediocre, fair, good, incredible, and masterpiece. So masterpiece is like as high as you can go. And uh, you'll probably see this on our website for um, all of the books, and that's how we're doing all of our roundtables from here on well out. Said, so uh, thank you. Thank you. I am going to give this book <sighs> – I feel bad because uh, I feel like everybody's going to give this like an incredible at least. I'm going to give it a good. I um, – and I'll, I'll I'll explain why. Like I I think that it was the lack of action for me. But at the same time, it's like, why well, was I expecting a lot of action? He's just like hanging out in the desert by himself. So I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure why I was expecting that. I think it went a little slow. There was a lot of new characters, a lot of crazy names. This is again probably because I haven't read a whole lot of legends. Like that's just kind of the norm with legends books. I feel. Um, but I really liked the, the character Annaline. I thought she was really cool. Um, and, and the, also the, uh, the, the female Tuscan, I thought it was really, uh, a cool choice and a rare choice to, uh, um, uh, have a female Yeah, lead come on, the... bump it up to incredible in the name of feminism, Emma. <laughs> now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, I'm probably going to bump it up when we're done talking about this thing. You guys know how it goes. Like, <laughs> Charles makes a I great mean, point. <laughs> the reason you scored it so low is, is because you weren't sweaty when you read it. If you had been sweaty, then that's fair. <laughs> that's that's fair. I mean, that's that's how you got to read like every book. You know what I mean? Everything's <laughs> better when you're sweaty. But, but no, I <laughs> no. mean, of, of course, uh, of course. That wow, what a sentence. Um, <laughs> I gotta give it. I gotta give it room to to go up because I think like after I discuss books like on shows, whether it's a comic, whether it's you know, a canon book, whether, I mean, I've done a ra- at least one round table on here before. It, it, the score always goes up because I appreciate That's it true. more after talking about totally. it. So I'm going to give it some room to go up. So I'm going to start with good and we'll see where we go. Yes, absolutely. Uh, who else? Emily. I know you've read this one before. I love that you yeah. haven't read a ton of Legends books. And yet on Legends Look Back, we've mostly had you reread books you've read before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty crazy how that's turned out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did read Kenobi. I think it might have been like the second one I ever read. I read Lost Stars and then because I was following the Utini order and I think that um, that Kenobi right. was the next one. And honestly, the first time I read it was not a fan. I was like, what is going on? Like, there are so many things that are happening in this book that I don't understand. 
And going back after having read other books and rereading this, I thought it was way better than I originally thought. Uh, so I'm going to go with good. Incredible. I think there's still room to be um, – I'm willing to be talked up. And I would have gone with Masterpiece, but Emma's right. I would normally up my score at the end of the episode. So I'm anticipating it will end up at a, ma- at a Masterpiece for me. But right now I think Incredible fits the bill. You've shown your hand. Both of you said <laughs> – both of you said we will be changing I'll be our nicer in a couple hours i promise well we basically decided our score bumped it down one and then we know what we'll say at the end that's basically what just happened <laughs> freddie what about you man uh when i read this book after i finish that last chapter there's a pool of sweat beneath me so there we go okay, uh, okay. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I think this is, in my opinion, this is a masterpiece. And there's a reason why it belongs on, uh, what are we calling it now? It used to be the foundational. The essential the six. Essential six. Because honestly, oh. the, it, 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 it belongs there because it is a book that is a lot, is very thought provoking. But also, you have to imagine how, how is John Jackson Miller going to milk action? And get your heart racing when nothing really should be happening. He should be far away from action in his house, ah. avoiding everything. So the fact that you're brought into stuff, and there's little bits of the force here and there that are just kind of, you know, you know, maybe pushing a rock a little bit that way, or you know, it's not overt force. And you got to admit, for him to be able to write that much action and just the fact when he does use something, right? Like uh, we'll probably talk about here soon. Uh, when he turns on that lightsaber, it's an event, right? That's an event in itself. And uh, it's probably not a book for everybody who, uh, you know, especially those who want quick paced action like Death Troopers. You know, you got a book for Death Troopers, uh, hardcore, intense zombie action over there or Red Harvest if you want some blood and guts. Uh, this is <laughs> this is something that, you know, you, you have to imagine he's uh, he, Kenobi is, is trying to survive by being out of the limelight, which is something he doesn't really do. And you have to remember, he was in the limelight during the entire Clone Wars. He was like a famous Jedi. So, uh, masterpiece. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to give it the same, for pretty much the same reasons as Freddy. I, after having read, I don't know, I, a couple hundred Star Wars books by the point that I read this, it was so refreshing because it is so drastically different. Mm-hmm. There. Yes, he uses a lightsaber at some point, but there is not a lightsaber battle. There is not a space battle. And yet, it has a climactic ending all the same. Yeah. Um, it, Jared, you're making such a good point. Uh, it's so, I, it's so good because too? it is so different. You're up, Rick. Um, sorry, I'm going to cut you off there. How sweaty were you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please tell me you were sweating. <laughs> the, the sweat scale was up there for sure. Um, so... <laughs> This book was hyped up to me really, really well, um, but almost in a in a work a way that worked against it. I read A New Dawn first, and I loved that book. That book is not often reviewed very mm-hmm. favorably, but I thought it was a great, fantastic little short read. And uh, and so I read this book, and I heard that it was such a great classic. And it starts slow. It starts, you know, in the desert and Tatooine. There's not much going on. And it definitely feels like a totally different genre, which is what makes this book unique, like Jarrett just said. You know, it, it feels like a Western meets sci-fi, like you don't know what's going on. You kind of have this okay corral, or I've never seen Shane, but I imagine, you know, that's how it feels. Shane! Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it 
it um that's normally not my cup of tea. I'm 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 an action type person. I don't like the character long drawn out books, but this one masterfully does that. It 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 looks at the character of of Obi-Wan and you really wrestle with his like like you kind of you guys have already said, but like his identity has completely been upended. He he knew who he was, but now he he's refining himself, rediscovering himself in Tatooine. And um <laughs> Eric is making jokes in the chat about uh, oh, no. Star Trek. Don't get me off topic here. Right. I almost <laughs> said the exact same thing, Eric. That's right. Uh, yeah. I'm some, a man of action. There's some says gr- the Star Trek great leader. space battles in Star Trek. Okay. Anyway, uh, but the character <laughs> development of Kenobi is, is fantastic. I love the meditation. Like the kinda, It kind of serves like an inner dialogue that gives it a, you know, a, a vehicle to get through that. And... Um, I don't know. By the end of the book, this is one of those books that stayed with me, you know, and I, I wanted so much more. I wanted this story to continue. And that to me is what makes it a masterpiece because I wanted a lot more and was very, very good experience for me. I thought you didn't <laughs> like this book, Rick. No, no, I love it. <laughs> didn't you not like it your first read through? Um, I thought it was slow. And so I, I was kind of like, eh, it's, uh, it dragged at the beginning. But the more I've thought about it since, I've, I've maybe I've gone through the process faster than the ladies have, where I've already moved it up the scale a few notches. Um, so it's possible I said I didn't like it before, but but yeah, you have done a well. Honestly, it, it it makes me feel better that like it it seems like a common thread is that people's first experience with it, it's like, what did I just read? I and then you read it again, it's like, oh, that was really good. You, I just didn't realize it then. So I yeah, loved it the first it read. <laughs> I I did find it kind of disorienting at first. It I did. Uh, um, it is slow. By the end. By the end, I had decided that it was phenomenal yeah. and recommended it to a bunch of friends. But at first, I wasn't sure. Um, it has to be slow, because, though. I mean, okay, you can't really make a fast reading, like, Kenobi book. I'll, it doesn't make sense to make it mm-hmm. quick action paced, right? Unless he was being chased throughout the entire uh, galaxy, but he wasn't. He was taking care of... If you're of making Luke. a Clone Wars era Kenobi book, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But like in this era, you know... we're going to have a more action pa- uh, action-packed uh, series. I mean, it looks like the new Disney Plus yeah. series is going to have Inquisitors. and So I, mean, I think we're going to have that action. So this is totally. a totally different take, which I appreciate. They've used all their slow character building up on Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian. And now they're like... <laughs> Well, darn! Now we have to do something fast-paced. I hope so. there is some slow character building because that is for sure. It's a great time for it, definitely. And Ewan McGregor does it so mm-hmm. friggin' well. So let's talk about five, four or five key characters for tonight, for the sake of the time that we have. Let's start with Annalene <coughs> Calwell, and we will go to Obi Wan at the end. What do y'all say? Let's do it. Sounds good. So Annalene Calwell first. So I, as a man, struggled. <laughs> On how to write questions about Annalene, because she is the love interest, and she is also the mom, and yet she is so much more than that. And so, I'd like to think the questions I've arrived at are acceptable. And I would love to start with the ladies. Emily, we'll start with you on your thoughts on this, first and foremost. And that is, how does she hold the Pico, the Pika... Oasis. I, I'm stuck on the Pika name now that I'm looking at it. It feels like a Pokemon. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It, it just reminds me of uh, Pika Adrian from the Higher Public. I can't get uh, it out yeah, of my yeah. head. Spelled it wrong. <laughs> All right, there we go. It's got two C's, not a K. That's the problem. That's the reason. <laughs> How does she hold the Pika Oasis together? And in a lot of ways, holds the book together, right? Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I think that it's fundamentally she's a mother. 
and she is consistent. And there isn't a lot of consistency on Tatooine. There's a lot of transients, a lot of people that come in for a little while, they're trying to hide, and then they either die, or they move on, or they get eaten or something like that. So um, I think that by maintaining consistency in the Oasis, she provides an anchor point for everyone else in the story. Oh, good. Not to be confused with anchor head. Yeah, anchor point. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Emma, how about you? Oh, that was such a good answer. I mean, I, I think it's like her her caring nature. Like, you, uh, there was one character that always came to the bar and she, he like annoyed the heck out of her. But, you know, she was always like super caring towards him. I think that's honestly like her motherly side. I don't think... I don't think you find that many, you know, you know, caring people uh, in the deserts of Tatooine because it's just basically a survival game. And I think, you know, that's why people love her is because she takes care of everybody, uh, whether she likes you or not, I guess. Sure. Yeah, definitely. She even believes in the good in people. You know, she sees the good in, I uh, almost call him Omar. It's not Owen. Oh, Orin. Um, there it is. Orin, yeah. Orin, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. And my the wife Tuscans, is... too. She's about the only settler that really sees oh, that's her right. side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's totally right. Yeah. Hey guys, you want to weigh in on this one? Am I not mistaken, but is Annaline from a different area or a different planet and then she settled here on Tatooine? I, I can't recall her backstory. I know she married the guy who owned the place and then he mm-hmm. died and now she's in control of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. It, so the reason why I say that it reminds me of of uh, a small town in the West, right? It's very everybody knows everybody, everyone's in everyone's business, everyone knows everything, and you always have the bullies, you always have uh, the peacekeepers. Which Annaline is the peacekeeper, right? She she owns a store as well, and she's trying to serve these people. And she, I think she does it in a way that's not just like you know nickel and diming. It's it's legitimately a serving, uh, a service that she's providing to the people. Because if if she didn't exist there, and if she just picked up her stuff and left, like I think she wanted to, uh, then you know where would they have gotten their goods and supplies? And she recognized how important she was in this, and understood that you know in in most cases leaders aren't going to be like like Oren in, in most cases. They don't really consider this, themselves leaders. And Annaline very much is a leader. And that's what she's written mm-hmm. as, right? She's a leader in this book. And it's a very passive way of looking at leadership. But everyone looks up to her. And if she says, and if she yells stop, everyone's going to stop what they're doing and look at what she's doing and probably feel pretty bad about what they're doing if, if they're angry, if she's angry at them. But I think it's definitely the peacekeeper attitude. But also she realizes how important she is in the ecosystem of these people and uh that's that's pretty important yeah definitely she genuinely invests in the lives of the people there she's not just a capitalist like Oren trying to take people's money mm. she is genuinely invested in um loving her patrons as opposed to trying to you know take advantage of them like Oren does now she holds the book together in addition to the Pika Oasis. You know, she's this love interest for Obi-Wan who she sees in him what we the reader see in him. And she detects that he's more than mm-hmm. just another one of these weirdos that shows up on Tatooine running from the law, right? And she keys in on it and wants to get to know him. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um she's more than a love interest, right? How how is she more than that, though? Obviously, it's not going to work out between the two of them. It can't work out. We've seen episode 
four? Yeah, the numbers are hard. Um, Rick, why is she more than a love interest for Obi Wan? Um, <clears throat> so I guess speaking just mechanically for how the book works, you know, she is the the companion that helps Obi Wan discover his purpose again and kind of stay. He has the first real conflict with his purpose. Mm-hmm. Is he going to stay true to his vow to protect Luke and be there for him as he comes up? Or is he going to just abdicate all that and decide to pursue what he wants and really wrestle with his own wants and needs as a, as a human or a person, I guess he's a human. Yeah, he's a human. Okay. Um, and so he, um, you know, she's, her, the the big purpose for her in the book, besides being an awesome character, is she helps him on his journey to refine who he is in all of this uh, tumultuous tumult, tumultuous. Is that a word? I made up a word. You're close. Tumultuous. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Uh, I'm closer up. than chives. <laughs> yes. So anyway, yeah. So she helps. She helps uh, old Ben find out who he is, and so that that's her mm-hmm. purpose. That's how she holds it together. Says I. Yeah, anybody else want to chime in on that one? The love interest. Well, Jared, topic. when you were uh, when, when you were talking about how she like saw, she was like the only person that saw through um, through Obi Wan. It reminds me of that uh, Han Solo quote from The Force Awakens: "Women always figure out the truth." Mm. Always. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the part That's where they say, "Are you Han Solo?" Time. and he says, "I used to be." Yeah. <laughs> Favorite. <laughs> That's good one too. But yeah, I, I um I was worried at first if i'm gonna be completely sure. honest when they revealed her to be or you know when i sensed that she was gonna be the love interest i was like oh no here we go again but i should have put more trust in john jackson miller you know having read a new dawn before because he's not you know this isn't just any other legends book i feel like in my mind it's like I equate legends with not always the best writing of women. However, this is a major exception because mm-hmm. she definitely was more empowered than I think, you know, any other woman, I think, than I've read in legends, uh, you know, original character wise. And, you know, she is the only thing that made the Oasis function. And she also was the only one that showed compassion to literally everyone. Uh, she's the only one on probably on the entirety of Tatooine that did that. Um, And she wasn't there just to serve Obi-Wan's story. She Mm -hmm. had her own story. And I think that that's like the number one thing when you're writing a woman to go along with a man's story is like, she's, she doesn't just serve his story. She has her own arc. So I just wanted to to say that I, I was pleased to, to figure out that this is actually an example of a Legends book that treats women very well. So, hey, Jared. There are a lot of them, Emma. There are a lot yes. of them. I was going to say, there, one there's one book well. in particular where there is a love interest to a Jedi, and she realizes that she has to be the governor still for this planet, and she cannot leave them behind. And that's Gariel Captison from Chusabakura. There it is, everybody. There's your That's truth. That's right. I, I, like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I believe you. Pretty, I had some friends over it's last night, and I showed them my collection, and I specifically pulled the Truth of Bakura hardcover <laughs> off the shelf and talked to them about the book. So There's you're dinosaurs. welcome. You know, a great point there, Emma, about you know her own story, and Obi-Wan is more invested in her own story than he is yeah. in a relationship between the two of them. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing for Obi-Wan as a character. Yeah. He wants her to achieve and to dream and not to settle. 
She's also great. Yeah. And she also, but... he also didn't want to tell her, like, what to do either. Like, when mm-hmm. she went to him for advice about whether she should marry, was it Oren? You know, he was like, I don't want to tell you what to do. Like, he said, do you, know, you want so to I, marry I liked Oren? that. That was the question. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because he said something like, you have control over your own life. And I was like, yeah, this is good. This is good <laughs> stuff. Oh, he's such a good character. This is such a good He book. is such a, he's oh, a good so guy. Happy. He's a good guy. Well, this is great representation. We talk about representation. Yeah. We often think about gender and we think about uh race or orientation this is a different kind of representation right yeah. it's a single mom i mean how many single moms get to see themselves in star wars mm-hmm. uh, this is representation for a, a gas station owner how many gas station mm-hmm. owners get to see themselves as you know in star wars representation for mm-hmm. there's the widows for a, a widow who has a mm-hmm. story and is uh, powerful yeah. mm-hmm. and is uh, – her empathy is as heroic as Obi-Wan swinging a lightsaber. All right. I'm about to, I'm about to preach. Y'all Come on. watch out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move on. Amen. Oh, about, amen. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about a, a less than scrupulous character. I'd like to preach a different kind of sermon to this guy, yeah. and that is Oren <laughs> Galt. Uh, it, there's, a, there's an amazing – and this is why this book is a masterpiece. There's a switch that happens halfway through where the person you think is the villain, the Tuscan Raider chief, is actually an empathetic character. Mm-hmm. And the person mm-hmm. you thought was, you know, one of the good guys mm-hmm. is actually more villainous than the book's villain. Am I right? Yeah. Why? How is Oren more villainous than a Yark? I think Freddy, there's I'll one word. You. There's one word. That makes Oren more villainous than Ayark, and that's greed. Because Ayark is not seeking for more of things uh, or or looking for power. They're just basically they're just trying to survive and live in their in their homeland that they you know, this it's very it's got na- very uh indigenous overtones, right? Which that's kind of the tones going on here is like you've got the indigenous and then you've got the settlers who are kind of encroaching into the indigenous lands and uh, so you've got that kind of aspect, which is a very deep topic in itself. Yeah. Uh, and then you have, uh, w- you know, the greed and the lying. Basically, everything that that uh, I guess uh, <laughs> everything that's anti-biblical of of this of of Kenobi is like Oren Galt, right? You've got someone who's who's gambling, who's in debt, and who's lying a lot, and who's that's the real problem. He gambles. <laughs> he yeah. gambles. That's that's mainly it, and that just causes this downfall of this of this man, right? This this person who has a lot of, who could be using his voice for good things, uh, is completely going the opposite way, creating scare tactics, getting money to try to pay off those debts because of those scare tactics, and uh, mm. and you know obviously there's there's a reason why he wants to pay off that debt rather quickly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody else. Uh... A Yark and Oren Galt side by side. Who's more villainous? Oh, Oren for sure. I oh my god, I hate this guy so much. <laughs> I had like the most vi- I had the most visceral <laughs> reaction to this guy. Mm-hmm. He is scummy. He's, he's the like, kind of guy that call you toots. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta clip that. Oh my god. That is so accurate. Oh my god. It's just like the fact that he just like he was like Yo, Annalyn, I need like 56,000 credits like right now. And we're not even married yet, but let's get married for like the tax benefits, you know? And also your son is dead. It's, it's like... my fault. But first of all, yeah. focus on the money. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I made your son commit a crime and I'm the worst person in the world. Like, you know, 
He really like you can see he really had some perspective, nerve. Yeah. but I think John Jackson Miller did such an amazing job of completely turning the tables. Totally. Like you thought yes. it was in one, you thought that the whole trajectory of the story was going in one direction and he really made you question um, how you view people and uh, how you can read yeah. into a character. Because there are other characters in Star Wars that seem on the outside like they would be more criminal, like Han Solo. But you find out that they really have a heart of gold. And in Oren's case, mm-hmm. it's the opposite, where he seems a little rough around the edges, but you think he's trying to do good. In reality, he's entirely self-serving. Yeah. Yeah, you bring up such a good point because, like, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this guy is so sweet because he's, you know, he's not even married to this woman, but he treats her kids like his own and like, oh, I love that so much. And, <laughs> you know, he protects the he protects the people around him. And then all of a sudden you see he's, like, really sketchy yeah. behind the scenes. Like, mm-hmm. he, he puts on a good show, mm-hmm. right? And um, so, yeah, that's, that's a great point. It's like, it, it definitely makes you think, like, who in my life could be like, could yeah. be like that? Mm. Like, it definitely makes you wonder. That's right. Sheep and wolf's, no, other way around. Wolf and sheep's clothing. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Sheep and yep. wolf's clothing. <laughs> Great dragon in a mantha clothing. Oh. Yeah. The mantha. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I had to find a way to work that in. I was so pleased. Bantha. It's kind of a last minute idea. <laughs> I love- we need to clip that audio and put it on like a quick oh. button. We're having you know? yes. some, of the, some of the most in-depth, thought-provoking conversation in the history of Legends Look Back, and then we make a stupid joke like that <laughs> Whoa. in the same episode. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> So <laughs> you got to balance it, yeah. you know, like Thanos, you know, perfectly balanced. That's right. We can't take ourselves too seriously because this is legends after all. Now, <laughs> we've talked about Warren Galt. We've talked about Annalene Caldwell. We've, we've at least mentioned in passing a Yark. And uh, Emily, as a mother, I'm interested for you to speak to the moment, and you referenced this earlier, when Annalene discovers that a Yark is a woman, that she's a mother. And she's the one who could notice that. Whereas Oren was like, that Tuscan chief, he's so terrible. And then she says, he's a woman. Right. Can you speak to this moment? How did it resonate with you? Um, It was really fascinating. Again, just really well-written women. Like there's a Tuscan raider, the leader of her tribe. And she is, she's a female with children that she's lost children. She's lost her tribe, she didn't want to step up, but she was forced to from circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, it's just fantastic. I honestly forgot what you even asked because I'm just so like caught up. <laughs> like, wow, they're just so, such like such depth to their characters. Yeah. What did you ask? I mean, <laughs> as, a, as a woman, did it as a mother, specifically as mm-hmm. a mother, did it resonate with you that, that Annalene, a mother – identified with a Yark as a mother, first and mm. foremost, as opposed to a Tuscan Raider, as opposed to uh, mm. an, an indigenous person or somebody everybody around her saw as a villain, first and mm. foremost, she saw her as a mother, right? That's right. That, is mm. that, is, does that come across differently for you while you're, like, nursing your own child? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's definitely a kinship that comes with parenthood in general, but specifically as a mother, when you carry a new life in you and give birth to it. And you are the entire, the sole sustainer of that life to be able to recognize that someone else has done that too. And you can see it regardless of species. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that too, Annalene sees herself reflected in Ark. So she sees that Ark is trying to hold together her tribe, just like 
Annalene is trying to hold together the Pico Oasis. And I think she just recognizes it and has a kinship with it. And I think that's when she starts to flip from being a settler to being more Jedi-esque. And I actually... I didn't even notice that. Well, I think that she... I have a theory. That Annalene is borderline Force-sensitive. I can see that. Okay. Oh. I think that she connects in a deeper way than anyone else around her. And I think that that is why she and Kenobi have such a special bond that could be... Re- it's reasonable to think that she could become a love. She feeds him. off his anger. No, like she, she connects with the, like the people. Okay, sure. Yeah, she's an empath. She is. Yeah, and she's a, a servant leader, a selfless leader. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that I hope that answers your question. Y'all are blowing yeah, my I... mind tonight. Blowing <laughs> good. Mind. Maybe it's the robes, but uh, yeah. really, these are all very <laughs> sweaty. Hot and sweaty. <laughs> oh yeah, turns out mm. the discussion is better. I, I feel great, you guys. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> I was I was gonna Up say too. Maine. When <laughs> yeah. I when I read this book, it really um, like the, we already kind of like danced around it, but just the lesson about prejudice, you know, and how Mm -hmm. I remember reading this and then looking completely differently at the Tuscan people as people, you know? Uh, We were so used to calling them raiders or sand people or whatever, but like, hold on, what's their story? Do they, you know... Do they have a culture, or are they just um, savages? That's that's kind of the language we talked about them. At least I've thought about them, and so it was a really good moment for me to say, "Hey, um, there's a lesson here about prejudice and how I view the people around me or the world around me." And even in Star Wars, you know, it's a great a great vehicle for conversations like that. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about one more character for tonight, for the sake of the time that we have, and that is Glomer. The guy that sits at the bar. No, all right. No, we'll talk about <laughs> Obi-Wan. I was like, wait, I must have missed Hold something. Hold on. Is this book Eighth grade humor, about- Jared. Thank you. I appreciate it. Is this book more about Obi-Wan Kenobi or Ben Kenobi? Emma, let's start with you. Hmm. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I think, uh, I think it's more about Obi-Wan. Like, I don't think he's fully in his, like, Ben role yet like I think he's he's trying he's trying to get used to it but he can't he can't help himself it's like an itch he's got to scratch like like he needs to help people that that need to be helped and that's not Ben that's Obi-Wan it's interesting we actually had this discussion on the Cosmic Force last night uh, about like what you know are Obi-Wan and Ben the same person or are they actually different and we kind of talked about like how it's kind of like um like a mask he hides behind to kind of you know accept yeah. not being able to help people and so i definitely think in most of this book he was kind of in his obi-wan mode even though he was using the name ben as kind of a cover sure. um so I, I would say that he's like it, this is a book about him trying to find ben but he hasn't found wow, it wow that's beautiful somebody I else i love that I think this I is copy copy paste. Copy okay, paste. <laughs> I think this book is about the transition of mm-hmm. Obi Wan and Ben, and we see that transition happen. It doesn't happen right away. It takes it takes a long time for for Obi Wan to understand why he needs to basically protect Luke and why he needs to sit tight and why he needs to focus on you know letting the world outside solve its issues he he has a bigger purpose and you can see him slow he he knows that he has to do that he knows at the very beginning and just like change and it's with with yourself and with every with with the people you know around you the person you were a year ago is not going to be the same due to the the things you experience etc 
And it, it's kind of the opposite. In this case, he has to forget everything. He has to forget the Clone Wars, and he has to forget how you know how how powerful he is, and and all the fame he received during the Clone Wars. And he was you know he was a celebrity, and then he has to he has to learn how to basically live in a small town he probably doesn't want to live in, uh, in the desert alone by himself, and he's he's struggling to really figure out who this person is and what this person should do. And you can tell that the only way he's going to learn that is through experience and, and learning, you know, the consequences of, of something, which, you know, we see that he, we see him, him doing something and he's like, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I could have exposed myself and ruined this entire thing. Uh, and, and it, he really struggles with that. And, and that the only way to really deal with that is through experience. There's no way to really plan for it. There's no way to prepare for it. And, and what we're seeing in this book is him trying to be this person, but experiencing his con- the consequences of being the good guy and realizing he needs to take a step back and, and prioritize the bigger goal, which honestly has bigger ramifications to the entire universe, right? The entire galaxy, not just, uh, you know, what's going on locally. Sure. I've got a theory since tonight's the night of hot takes. <laughs> Emma is our resident co- uh, comics expert. Do you remember the alternate title that Charles Sewell had for The Rise of Kylo Ren? Mm, I don't think I've ever heard of it ever, actually. Oh, I love dropping Star Wars facts. I love mansplaining <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. I just really do. Okay, uh, That's most it, of the show. <laughs> yeah, Corey wouldn't let me use that title, so you went with Legends Look. Right? Um, that is From Ben to Ren is the title that he pitched. Oh, that's cool. Kylo goes from being Ben Solo to Kylo Ren, from Ben to Ren. It rhymes, so I don't have one that rhymes, but I think that this symmetrically is from Obi-Wan to Ben. So he is Ben by the end of the book, but he's not at the beginning. See what I'm saying? So it doesn't rhyme, but it's halfway there. It's halfway there. Yeah. It's a mirror image of it. Totally. From Obi-Wan to no one. Oh, <laughs> there it is. It rhymes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It rhymes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and- ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we found we it. We arrived. We got there. It took a second. And then we got there. The, um, the moment in A New Hope when he says, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's not a name I've heard in a long time. I sounded more like uh, Doc Brown from... Um, yeah. For... Back to the Future. Back to the Future than I did Obi-Wan. Yeah, I, that, that sounded like Dexter Jester right there. <laughs> Where your pocketbook is. Yeah, for sure. The That moment hits so differently after you've read this book. And that's the best thing about an expanded universe book, when it changes the way you watch the films, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, for the sake of the time that we have, I want to talk about a quote. It is one of the most powerful quotes in the history. Is it from of- Bloomer? Star Wars books. No, not Glomer. Shout out to Glomer. He's a real one. At uh, There's a point where Obi-Wan says about Oren, which she's trying to figure out what she thinks of him. Like they've been close friends and companions and business partners for, for decades. She says there's, you know, he's a good friend and he's a good person. He's not a monster. And Obi-Wan says there are monsters in all walks of life. One doesn't need unlimited power, there it is, to create victims. One just needs to be desperate. Mm -hmm. She goes on to give this explanation on why she tolerates his bad behavior, 
which is like a whole commentary there on why we tolerate people's bad behavior rather than calling them on it or um, trying to encourage people to be better. But it's part of the same conversation. She says he's a lying, cheating, out-of-control scoundrel. But there's there's and this is the line, there's still good in him. Mm-hmm. I mean there's such she uses he really uses these loaded phrases from the mm-hmm. films, which is amazing. There's still good in him. Ben shoots that down, saying, There's good in most. Where do you draw the line? Mm. Okay, this is a huge character moment for Obi Wan. Huge. From there, he seems to have given up in, in the original trilogy, given up on the good invader, right? He encourages Luke to kill him. He doesn't believe when Luke says, there's still good in him. I know it. Hmm. Um, He doesn't believe him. And he's like, that's not going to work. Don't go down that path. Um, How does this book illustrate how trauma had changed Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. This is just like what I was talking about, right? And and Charles said it in the chat. There's, you know, Doctor Who has a very good quote in there where each doctor kind of learns from the other one. You have to take those lessons and just like each person comes in your life, uh, unfortunately, friends aren't always there, right? You, you wish you could have that group of friends forever. For some people, that, that does happen. But in most cases, uh, you've you got to understand that life just takes you a different route. And you just have to remember, remember what that person taught you. Same with relationships, right? They may end, but you must have learned something. Uh, but in this case, man, the trauma of seeing your, your brother. You're my brother! Uh, <laughs> just completely betray you i can't imagine what that feels like i don't know what that would look like or feel like to me that'd be like jared uh coming over for celebration and saying you're not going to celebration i'm chopping your leg off and it's like what (laughs) (laughs) to be fair freddie i was standing upstairs and you were down in in the on the first floor you had the high ground i don't know what you were thinking uh, so, no, so the point. trauma. Yeah, we've been together for three years. Yeah. Obi Wan and Anakin have been together for twelve, thirteen. I mean, and since he was a child, together. right? Like, he was Anakin was literally a child. Uh, are you an angel? Child, right? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and to to see this person, uh, it almost seems like overnight he just became this this. I mean, he, to me, it, it was a buildup, right? We all know there's a buildup with Anakin, but almost to see him completely change on you and and just start attacking you and you're like where is this coming from dude like what are you doing right and 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 having to make the decision that you know uh i know there's good in this this anakin kid i i've seen him i know there's good there but you just sometimes you got to cut your losses and realize that it it may not be your person to bring out that good of, of right it's not your job to bring it out maybe someone else named luke but it's not your job, and you just got to cut your loss and know when to when to bail out, and that's that's what happened. And I, I, it's it's so hard. I I don't know if anybody here knows what that feels like, but that trauma yeah. has to be intense. Man, that's well said, especially from the context of real world relationships. Somebody else can save, you know, <laughs> you're the person in your life with bad behavior, specifically like a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah. not up to you in every situation. <laughs> uh, somebody else want to weigh in on this? this tremendously weighty line and this change that takes well, place in Obi-Wan, Emma? I, I, yeah, I think that um, it was interesting to me. There was a moment in the book, I can't remember specifically the line, but Annalene said something to him like, you've been through a lot, I can tell. And I think like the whole situation with Anakin, it's very obvious that it is weighing on him 
a lot in like the way that he acts and that he, you know, obviously he has Luke to, you know, watch over. But really, I think even if he didn't have Luke, I think he would want to be alone kind of and sort of like replay that in his mind a little bit. Like, I think I've said this before, but. Um, you know, if there were therapists in Star Wars, everything would have been fine. <laughs> like <laughs> he he could have used, you know, he could have used a therapist because like he definitely it's like it's like a ton of bricks just like weighing mm-hmm. down on him. Like he he feels this um uh like need to, you know, protect uh, Luke so that what happened to Anakin doesn't happen to him. And I think that like. Every single thing that Luke does, he worries, like, is this leading him down a path that Anakin went down? Uh, What did I do wrong? Like, could I, you know, make sure that he doesn't go down that path unlike Anakin? And I think he's, you know, kind of taking this time by himself uh, to kind of analyze what exactly happened. And, um, you know, it's just it's just interesting. And and I, I appreciate that. You know, he he's able to hide it from some people, like how much that weighs on him, but he wasn't able to hide it from Annalene. I thought that was really interesting. Well, beautiful. Definitely. Definitely. Well, last chance, everybody. Anything else you want to say about this? Hmm. Rick, uh, uh, maybe Rick and Jared, let me ask you this question. With theology, is there is there a point where... Because in my eyes, I feel like like Obi Wan is is almost like, why have you forsaken me? Why 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 do I have to be the one that's in this situation? Uh, like, t- talk to me, like, please, I need help. Is that do you see that like a reoccurring theme in in theology during like I guess the ascension, right, the next level? And I feel like that's where Ben's heading is the next level of protector. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a very common experience throughout humanity. I think of you know character in the book of Job, you know, and uh, his his trials, but like, um, as I was thinking about this too, like um, there, there may not be a therapist in Star Wars, but the spiritual practice of solitude, you know, living in a desert, kind of became a healing ground for Obi-Wan. Um, hmm. Those are just my initial thoughts. Jared, what do you got? Yeah, and meditation, you know, he does meditate, yeah. you know, and so, um, I think that there's a lot to be said for in those moments where you mm-hmm. feel alone, crying out anyway in prayer specifically. Yeah, it would be better to voice your frustrations in prayer yeah. than to just internalize them and do nothing, Definitely. or to hate yourself. And so, mm. there's that. Um, leads, leads to the dark side. It's almost the, the difference yeah. between Obi Wan, Ben, right, and Anakin. Anakin just shut everything inside, and yeah. here Ben Conceal, is don't talking. feel. Okay. There it is. That's it. We we did it, guys. That's we solved exactly the Star it. Wars tonight. There we go. We, we solved, solved the Star Wars. Star Wars. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's pack it up and start reading Star Trek books. <laughs> we talked we'll about be changing Doctor our Who name next week. I know. And Star Trek tonight. What a show. Well, hey, we talked about characters. Any other characters you want to give a shout out to? A lightning round of honorable mentions. I'll give yeah, a shout out uh, to Lord to Monkey Java. Just gotta throw no. another franchise in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Monkey Java is a character that uh, yeah. John Jackson Miller brought back in from the original Marvel comics, Moset, Moset Benid. Benid. Yeah. And yeah. I love Jonathan Davis's voice for Moset Benid. Yeah. He he's uh, spectacular. I agree. I agree with that. Can, can I shout out a character? Not not for any specific reason other than a funny one. Sure. I went up until like an hour ago, believing Callie was actually Cammy, as in like Luke's friend. So oh. there, there you go. <laughs> kind of like a Darth, uh, Darth cool. Hannah situation there. Darth Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Darth Hannah. <laughs> yeah. 
Can we give it to uh, the I EOP? I shout out Rue. Yeah, yeah, there we that go. That was going to be my shout yes. out. Had a baby and then like ran her little behind off. Like yeah. what? Like we stand. She is a queen. Yes, yes. Queen behavior. Nice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I would like to say if, all right, sweeping declaration. If Obi-Wan's EOP in the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show isn't named Rue. I know. I will riot. I know. Jared, when when I was listening to that that clip, the meditation clip, and he said Rue, I was like, oh, it's happening. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is nine years old. Ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and it's also just a really cute name. Yeah. It is. But Okay, so think about this. He yes. went through trauma, and now he's alone, and he got a pet. Yeah, like a therapy pet. Yeah, that's a beautiful relationship. Okay, it is so beautiful. shout out to Rue. Unconditional love. Mm. Rue is the goat. And Rue, by goat. She's the real hero of the story. Yeah, and by goat, I do mean EOP. <laughs> so, hey, we've got some great stuff coming up down the pipeline here at Utini. We are, many of us, everybody but Rick here from the show, Aww. going to celebration. But don't worry, Rick, I'm going to try to get you the books. Mm. Uh, we are going to celebration. So, we are not going to have a live show next week. But what we do have, however, Freddie, tell the good folks the Kenobi Week surprise. I I I think it's uh should I say it? Should I wait? Uh, no, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Uh, we're interviewing guess who? Friend of the show, John Jackson Miller, tomorrow night. Yes, we are. So we are going to be uh, playing an interview. At some point, we're trying to figure out exactly when we're going to launch it. We're going to have an interview with John Jackson Miller about specifically Kenobi. And he told me in the email, do not, for any reason, ask me about the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. <laughs> that means he knows something. <laughs> so we he knows. We are not. No, he just said, yes. I'm not allowed to talk about you it. You should okay. not have told me that. You should not have told me that. Rick is definitely going to accidentally I'm gonna, ask him something. I'm going to derive a question and cling on to ask him that maybe only he would know. And He's going to write oh, it in the next no. book. I'll start oh, the Zoom meeting tomorrow so you don't mess this up. So very excited about that. It's a big Kenobi week surprise. Next week on The Living Force, they're going to be doing a celebration pre-show. Emma, what's coming up next week on The Cosmic Force? Oh, man. We're pretty much doing the same thing as The Living Force in a way. But it's going to be like... Slightly more co- uh, comic centric. Uh, we're pre recording it. Uh, actually, Jared will be joining us. Oh, shoot. I uh, because <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> oh, man, you're so funny. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about uh, what we hope to see at the Marvel Comics panel, uh, talk about what's going on with Utini stuff, and also talk about some of the other things that we're hoping to see there as well. Um, Tyler and I will be meeting in person for the first time. So, we're going to kind of, you know, hype people up for that. You know, maybe we'll try to find some super old comics while we're there. We'll kind of, you know, talk about all that fun stuff. Oh, so it'll fun. be great. Yeah, You guys are going to visit my comic and... shops and take all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we won't do that. We're going to be too busy with celebration. So excited yeah. to meet one another in person for the first time. Definitely, Except for Emma. I've met Emma. And Emma's met me. Yes. How about that as a coincidence yeah. for you? Jared's the only one from Utini I've met in person, actually, which is crazy. I know. I- Emma, very tall. Surprisingly tall. Yep, me, that is Eric. Uh, what I'm known for. There you go. You've <laughs> me met Eric. too. I'm very tall. We're going to meet Darth Tumnus, aren't we, Emily? <laughs> We're going to meet Darth Tumnus. He will be Yay, attending celebration. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's oh, exciting. man. I'm going to miss him. I love that some, like, so much. Those Yoda hats on him. And put him yeah. in a backpack. Yeah. I've got a few outfits have been given to nice. me. No Yoda hats, though, but I think we got to get one. I'll start knitting tomorrow. We'll get on it. 
Rick, are you are you hiding in shame? Goes on Amazon right I'm now. He's brooding, seething, seething in anger. Rick. Rick's eyes are turning. Oh, poor Rick! The, the, make sure and, if you're around Rick, make sure you have the high ground. No. <laughs> oh my goodness! So we've got some fun stuff coming up down the pipeline, uh, as it concerns Kenobi, yeah. as it concerns celebration, and we can't wait to share it with you. Thank you to our sister shows for being a part of Kenobi Week. We've still got Star Wars archives coming up. We've got some more content uh, coming around the bend, including our John Jackson Miller interview. Uh, very excited to have put all this together. Excited to share off the Jedi robes by Hannah Laminac as well. And listeners, if you've got ideas for Utini crossover events, please shoot them to us in the, the Discord and on Twitter. And we would love to hear more about how we can do these better in the future. We've had a lot of fun playing. Uh, Jared. Jared. One. What's are we up? gonna? Are we all really? thinking, thinking Jared for for being the champion of Kenobi Week? Oh, well, I was just about to interrupt him and say, like, Jared, I know you're not gonna shout yourself yeah. out, but <laughs> listeners, Jared has literally coordinated this entire thing, every and it would not have happened detail. without him. So, Listen, yeah. every single thing. So seriously, that, bro, shout you. out. It's just basically, I'm saying, hey, let's all talk about the same thing the same week. It's been more than that. Everybody, sand person celebration on three. One, two. Cut it off. That's it. I just woke up my entire household. I guarantee it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shout out to Emma's parents. And that does it for this week. Thank you for joining us for Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your support. We love making this show and are glad that you're along for the ride. Special thank you to OK Indar, Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council as well as Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. Remember to sub to the channel and leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. And if you would like your thoughts right on the show, such as, where do you think about Kenobi? Because uh, we just talked about it tonight, and we'd love to hear what you think. You can email us at legendslookbackyuchini.com. You can send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. Leave a comment on this episode on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter as well. We can uh, talk at the, the regular main show account, Legends Look Back, or I'm Jared Q. Mays, Freddie. At Wake Up Freddy. Rick. At Rick underscore Grace. <laughs> Emily. <laughs> at Darth Daybeck. And Emma. At Irma Jedi 26. If you're looking to buy some of these books, such as Kenobi by John Jackson Miller, or if you want to pick up, you know, the trade paperback that they talked about last night on the Cosmic Forest from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you can go on over to Amazon. No, go on over to utini.com. Click on the Amazon link in the book's profile. There it is. I've only said this a hundred and something times, and um, I'm still figuring it out. And hey, you can also leave us a review when you have read the story and let us know what you think. Remember, everybody, to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. Until next time, may the force be with you.
This is a Utini Broadcast.